Friday. Join us on Facebook Live for the first time today. Of course, Morning Brew is the page, and there you will find our Matt Steve Vines. Good morning, Steve. How are you? Good morning. How am I? Uh, yeah, well, that's my question, really, isn't it? What's yes. happening? What's happening? He's in his secret lair. I'm in. A, I'm in the bunker. Yeah, good to talk. <laughs> good to talk to you again. Join us on Facebook Live. It's been really good to read your comments up there. I can see them right in front of me. I'm sorry I missed some emails last week. They just didn't arrive. So if you can be bothered, get on her Facebook feed, and I'll definitely see your comments and questions. Where do you want to go, Steve? Well, um, it, it, I, I, I don't really want to go there, but the fact of the matter is, it seems to me it's increasingly evident that we've almost certainly seen the last of what might be called free and fair elections. I mean, not only has, has, the, ele <laughs> not only has the election been um, postponed for a year on these spurious grounds of, of, a, of uh, it being necessary because of the health emergency. Mm. Um, it's apparently quite necessary for people to walk around town and go to work, but voting is a far more dangerous thing. Well, we've always known that that voting was a dangerous thing, particularly if people aren't going to vote the right way. God damn them. Yeah. They just don't get it, the people of Hong Kong. So there's now numerous schemes being devised, and a whole year provides enormous possibilities for those who hate elections and hate democracy. For example, Tam Yu-chung, you know, the, the most senior member of China's parliament, whose two sons live safely in the democracy in, in Australia. Tam Yu-chung says, I tell you what, here's a good idea. Why don't we have electronic voting? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, in fact. you know what the thing is with electronic voting? There's nothing wrong with it in principle, but it only works when people have confidence in the integrity and independence of the electoral process. Does anybody seriously aside from those who want to destroy it, have confidence in that. The whole beauty of electronic voting in a system where you don't have confidence and where there is a suspicion of manipulation is it can be done in the dark. Look over the past, Steve, have you found... I was talking to Maurice Misalowski about this, the technical, technological guy. I said to him... When it push comes to shove, is good old-fashioned voting possibly the safest, even today? I don't know what you think about that. Well, the, the, the reason it's safe in, in circumstances where you distrust the impartiality of people running the election is that you can physically observe yes. who people have voted for. You see a piece of paper. And when it goes into the ether, and don't ask me the technicalities of this, but when it goes into the ether... <laughs> All sorts of manipulation possibilities exist. Indeed. So, yes, I, I, I mean, it's not just that uh, I'm a Luddite, but I do believe that as matters stand, the only safe way of conducting an election in Hong Kong is on paper. Now, the same time you Chung has also suggested he's come up with this brilliant plan. Oh, my God. How do we get more people to vote for the for the pro-China camp? Oh, I, yeah, 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 yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll allow voting in my old favourite place, the Greater Pay Area. We haven't heard from that about that in, in, in recent months. Well, you know, Hong Kong has a law. Who cares that Hong Kong has laws anymore? Because they can be overridden by the National People's Congress. But Hong Kong does have an election law. And the election law says very clearly that voting is only allowed among Hong Kong residents, uh, uh, among permanent residents of Hong Kong who are normally resident in Hong Kong. That's what yeah, the law Normally, says, there's the word, except. That, it, it is, <laughs> I, I, I did actually write it down. Yeah. Um, 
So if you live in, in the GBA, my favorite place in the world, you are not normally resident in, in the SAR. So in order to get all those people to vote, you ignore the law. But of course, you don't ignore the law. Under the new um, disposition, you simply override it. You say, decision from Beijing. We like the people in, in, in the GBA because they're more likely to vote for the pro-China camp. They're in. Well, you're not going to win any Nobel Prizes for what you've just said, Steve. I mean, hello. You, back, in two, well, back in 2003, Steve, you and a bunch of other miscreants ran a ribald magazine called Spike. And Jon Jonathan, one of our listeners who I believe is in the UK, he sent us a couple of screenshots. If you're joining us on Facebook Live right now, you'll be able to see this. Steve, whoever did the, the cover of this... Um, was Mystic Meg, because it says... There's two, I believe. I've got Tung's bold election plan in front of me, and he's picking up a box of votes, and he says, well, I won't be needing this anymore, will we? And this is 2003, so thank you to Jonathan. Actually, it's two, two, 2004, I think. Was but, it? But nevertheless, it, it, it's, it's a long time I ago. Preferred your earlier and work. It, and it ain't be proved wrong. There's another beautiful cover. I mean, I can say this, although I was published in the magazine, I didn't do the covers myself. They were done by people who were much sharper than me. Yeah. But there's another beautiful cover from that period. Which, which I happen Jonathan to have here. Over. There we are. Do you have it there? Yeah, go on. Oh, I, well, I'll just describe it. And it, it, it's a sort of a picture taken from the um, Cultural Revolution. And, and you've got it in front of you because I can't remember the exact words. But the, 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 there's three young cadres <laughs> standing around. Wonderful picture. And it says... It's, there's, there's three, three young cadres, as he says, in this glamorous, you know, this super classic um, propaganda poster. What does it say, Doris? She's holding up a book. It says, voting gives you piles. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, thank you for t Jonathan. That's really nice. He still kept all your, He obviously kept a lot of your covers because they're in really good he's nick. <laughs> Should we go? obviously an extremely erudite person. That's all I'm saying. Uh, Bob? Bob says, Bob's got eagle eyes. He says 2003 November. So there you go. Um, Kat, but Kat's back. Well done. And good morning to Dave, who's writing from Melbourne. Kat says, now I understand why they DQ the pro-democratic candidates who are currently LegCo members. It's to prevent them from continuing to extend their term for one more year now that the LegCo election is postponed. Sigh, it became true, she said, about your cartoons. Well, again, Kat, really thank you, but nobody's winning any Pulitzers this morning for originality. Well <laughs> No, not for originality, but, but for, you know, um, it, it's one of those awful things where, you know, careful what you, what you hope for, but yeah. be even more careful what you predict when it comes to the politics of Hong Kong. Not only, um, as Kat points out, uh, or I don't think she uses the number, but not only uh, have six people already been disqualified from membership of the current Legislative Council, they're now planning to disqualify another four who were disqualified from running again in the election to see see where this is going mm. but they're also talking about because the democrats are likely to increase their representative representation on the election committee yep. and remember this is the puppet body which um is supposed to well not is, isn't supposed to it does select the candidates for um and they're the only people allowed to vote for those candidates for the chief executive position. They're also talking about disqualifying Democrats who are members of the election committee. Steve, at this stage of the game, a philosopher would say, well, they've already the won. Sorry? A philosopher would say, well, they've already won the moral victory. I know you're going to say it probably doesn't count for a lot. But, you know, in this situation, these people have already won in their hearts. It doesn't really help, does it? 
Well, what what is the clear and un, un, um, questionable message that comes out of this is that the, the blue camp, the pro-China camp, have conceded that they can't win an election by, by fair means anymore. They've got to rig the ballot in order to get a majority. What does that tell you about all these very hollow claims, including one recently made by the Sino, the chief executive in name only, that the majority of people support the national security law? They will never put those claims to an objective test, but they make them freely. Yeah. The silent majority are opposed to democracy. The silent majority, this and that. I love these people who freely speak on behalf of Hong Kong. Of, on behalf without, of you and behalf of yeah, me. Yeah, they're speaking on listening. behalf of me. Thank you very much. Yeah. I appreciate that. How, how much of this is Playbook 101? Is any of this original? No. Okay. No. That's, that's the, the great thing about authoritarian governments, is they lack originality. Uh, the, 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 the sort of twist in the Hong Kong system is that, that they're seeking to rig elections in a more sophisticated way than, for example, they do in North Korea, where remarkably 100% of people at election time support the government. That's, I have to say, quite an impressive result. I mean, in Hong Kong, they will still allow, mark my words, they will still allow a few Democrats into the legislature. Mm -hmm. They'll choose the ones who are most ineffective, of course, and they will still allow um, this, that and the other. But control, and control is what matters, will, of course, be taken out of the hands of the people. Let's go to a message from Andy. And I don't know if you will know the answer to this one, but I'm going to send a message to Danny Gittings if you don't. It says, where does the full year idea come from, says Andy, rather than a few months? Was there an official fob off to justify the whole 12 months delay? Well, that, that's an, a very interesting question. Because, again, I'm sorry to, to be someone who keeps talking about the law as though it even matters anymore in Hong Kong, but there is a law in existence about delayed uh, delays of elections. Okay. It says they can be delayed by two weeks. Okay. So you may well ask, <laughs> where does the year come from? It comes from inside the heads of whoever told the CNO to postpone the elections for a year. It's an arbitrary figure, but it's, but it's a sufficiently long period it's, and this is the crucial point. Yes. It's a sufficiently long period to allow all sorts of other, other ballot rigging mechanisms to be put in place, which they couldn't rush into place before an election due to be held next month. So it's just a so number. It's just a nice from, looking number, right? It, 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 well, it's a nice looking number and it's a long looking number. And it's from people who, who are not bent on creating a better election system. Yeah, use of the word bent very, very carefully. Um, we are. Oh, I've got Nigel. Hello, I've got time for another one here, Steve. Uh, what does Nigel say? He says, instead of electronic voting, all candidates wearing their colours do an egg and spoon race. <laughs> do an egg and spoon race from Taiwan to Stanley. Voters can do social distance along the route and throw rotten eggs at their candidate. Winners judged on how much they stink, and is their egg still on the spoon or on other people's faces, Nigel? I thank you. You see, can I just say to Nigel, <laughs> yeah. never suggest things as outlandish as that. You may well <laughs> see them implemented. <laughs> Thank you for your messages so far. Facebook Live, Morning Brew. It's guaranteed I can read them out if you stick stuff up there. Or yours, Steve. Well, I was, I, I, I was just going to um, say that um, what I think we are now seeing, and let's put it in a broader perspective, 
is the challenges to the election system. And it's a step-by-step challenges to the election system. Mm-hmm. We, we will soon see bigger challenges, I'm afraid to say this, to the media, because freedom of expression is still, it's very important to note this, is still existent in Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. So that has to be clamped down on. Schools are going to be clamped down on. Universities are going to be clamped down on. I mean, authoritarians take the view that enough is never enough. They cannot help themselves. Once the bowl starts rolling, they always want more. It's it's a absolutely unbroken rule of how they... And are. what about the cut the nose to spite the face thing when it comes to the next generation and generation after that, talking about schools, teachers, universities? Forget about unis. Let's talk about little kids' schools. But you see, the, the, the interesting thing is they actually believe some of their own propaganda. Most of it's just cynical. But when you come to schools, they actually believe that the reason that young people take part in demonstrations is that their teachers have somehow poisoned their minds and persuaded them to become Democrats. They don't think that young people have any intelligence of their own. They don't think that existing conditions, perhaps, are the cause of why people take to the streets. No, no, no. Let's have the simple explanation. It's those wretched teachers. They're poisoning their minds. Oh, and by the way, books. Oh, my God. A lot of those need to be screened out as well, because you know what books do, don't you? Yes. Yes, they, Terrible bur- they burn very nicely. I only, ju- I, I only remember having religion stuff down my throat. And as you can see, I've turned out, OK, bless you, my son. But isn't, <laughs> isn't that the point? Is you can, you can stuff young people full of as much propaganda <sighs> they won't listen. as yeah. you want. Yeah. And some of it lands, but in, in people's minds. And remember in Hong Kong, we have very intelligent people here. In people's minds... What doesn't land festers as a bad smell. It's like that egg and spoon race we were yeah. talking about a couple of moments ago. <laughs> yeah, look, um, I'll tell you what, we've got a couple of minutes before the news. Just a heads up here, you won't be able to hear the news. You'll see silence if, if you're watching us on Facebook Live, that is. And as I always say, it's a transmission thing. Just enjoy the quiet. Colin says, Steve, any thoughts on who the next CE might be? Well, gosh, um, Although, obviously, I'm going to be quite crucial in the process of selecting that. I thought you said I'm going to be quite busy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, I have modestly put myself forward. Apparently there's a problem with that. Um, It it is interesting that the the people who are clearly running for the post, Mm. um, I have no idea who will emerge. That obviously isn't going to be decided by Hong Kong people. But I'll I'll just give you a few names of people who are running. There's the the, the perennial candidate, um, Regina Ip. What do you mean by running? You mean just you think that they'd be up for it kind of thing? Well, to be fair, in the case of Regina, she says she's up for it. I don't think she thinks. She's so keen she says it, but she's one. I think Henry Tang thinks he might be able to make a comeback. You know, Henry, uh, uh, I don't even know what's going on in my own house, Tang. But there are others. I mean, I think you, you need to look in the administration at, at who are the um, the shoe shiners shoe shiner if you or, see what's or the most appropriate fits Colin who do you think it might be you might as well tell us yeah sorry Steve Go on. well I, I um, so the new secretary for constitutional affairs who keeps a plaque of uh, Xi Jinping at the centre of his office he's clearly a, a, a likely lad for the post um, I think the secretary for commerce. Um, 
and I'm saying that because I'm having a senior moment and have I can't you, have, you, have you got a favourite, Steve? I mean, is there anybody that's just well, in, the ba- I... in the back of your mind or the front of your mind, if you like? Well, I, I, I think we look at precedent and, and you look at the person who's most <laughs> unlikely to do Chris a bad Patton, job. Chris Patton, says Nigel. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, Chris Patton, who's almost certainly been banned from visiting Hong Kong, maybe not. But, I mean, you look at the list of of, of possibilities, and all you know is the person who will be selected, obviously not elected, selective, will be the most servile, will be the most likely not to do anything other than obey orders. And whether they're competent or not, well, that's for the birds. Mm. So in, in, in in a thin field of unsuitable candidates, I'm afraid I don't actually know which one will will prevail. Quick question, whilst we go to the news break and everything, if time had stood still before July the 1st this year, would your choice of possibilities be different? Perhaps you can hold that thought now, because a lot of stuff has happened. It's been zip-filed between July the 1st and now. So before that time... I wonder, Steve, if you would have come up with a similar list. Let's go to the news. Let's do some weather. We'll be back in a little while. Join us on Facebook Live for the next two or three, the next two minutes or so. You, you won't hear anything if you're watching us on Facebook Live. Our transmission, it's, uh, it's a thing, right? Anyway, let's do the... Right. A few messages to read for you. Shall I get those out of the way first? Why don't no, we? I don't get them out of the way because they're brilliant, but you know what I'm saying. Anyway, yeah. Colin did come back to us. And he said, not Henry Tang, he said Jack Ma would make a wonderful CE. Of course, he's not a Hong Kong resident. Um, let's see. Oh, Dave, David. Jack Ma of Alibaba, in case anybody's yep. missed the plot there. Which, which, we're, we're swapping around topics here because I've just got a list on Facebook. So um, Dave says, most parents, school one, um, buy over $10,000 worth of books every year. So instead of having a WhatsApp telling us... Uh, which pages the kid can do now. We have the virus, we have to invest in e-learning and the computer, so we waste the books and we do job creation for the opticians by killing all the kids' eyes. We're talking about kindergarten and primary. There are those sort of medical concerns as well there, Steve. Um, I've got some more bits and pieces. you want to answer any of that? Um, Jack Ma. That particular point, I think, speaks for itself. Um... I think on on the earlier point, and, and this is something you raised just before the break, mm-hmm. you were saying, well, you know, if that selection was being made before the protest started yeah. um, in, in June last year, would there be a different candidate? I think that, and being serious now, I think what, what um, Beijing is looking for is to replace Carrie Lam, who everybody knows has been totally hopeless, is a really very hardline candidate. I mean, that that's why... Logic says that. I, I think they, they want they want a real, you know, big booted um, type of person in the way that in the police force, Stephen Lowe um, was replaced by um, a much more aggressive, hardline, happy to speak to the troops type leader. Mm. I think they're looking at something like that for the next chief executive as well. Mm. Uh, something about the courts here. Colin says, Steve, the courts seem to be working well. In the Eastern Court recently, a magistrate refused to accept a guilty plea from a young protester due to a lack of evidence. I must say, Colin, we have seen a few cases being chucked out because two and two seems to make 22. Uh, he's saying, no, this, this isn't right. Bye-bye. We've seen a few, well, haven't we? 
Well, yes, we have. And um, the, the lingering um, elements of judicial independence in Hong Kong are not only vital, but it's very encouraging to see they haven't been extinguished. But I should also point out that we've also seen in the courts um, judges going back on original sentencing and in response to um, requests from the Department of Justice, increasing sentencing of protesters. So, you know, it's, it, it's a one hand and on the other um, situation here. I would say that the situation in the courts is in, uh, this isn't original, is in flux. So, yes, there is still yeah. an impressive degree of indep independence of the judiciary. But I think that, that judges are increasingly coming under enormous pressure. And remember that the judges who will be looking at cases, and we've only seen uh, a few so far under the new national security law, are all going to be handpicked by the CNO. So, you know, their scope for independent judicial action, bearing in mind that they're handpicked by a political leader, for the post mm -hmm. must be in question none of those none of this has come out yet we haven't seen the results of that but you know you put two and two together and you very very often get four all right if you have anything you would like to get him onto, get onto our facebook page morning brew it's all cooking on there at the moment thanks for the comments so far excellent stuff what do you want to do next well i, I we can't you know we can't disregard the elephant in the room which of course is the virus and the consequences of the virus. And I'm getting increasingly worried about the big thing, which is the impoverishment of people in Hong Kong. Now, the official unemployment figures say that 6.2 million people are unemployed. Mm -hmm. Let me just clarify, that's nonsense, because it doesn't take account of the very many part-time workers in Hong Kong whose loss of work loss of income is not reflected in that figure. The level, of, the level of impoverishment that we'll be following and is already starting to kick in is really serious. And the government's response is, oh, we don't have enough money. This is from one of the richest treasuries in the world. Mm -hmm. And the other response is, I tell you what, let's give more money to the companies and not to the people. This is not a mild crisis. This is not a crisis that's going to pass quickly. It's an enormous crisis staring us in the face today. And it's appalling the extent to which the government simply says, oh, well, we've got this program, we've got that program, we've got the other program. But, you know, we really can't turn into a place that dishes out money to people. Hello. Paul Chan, <laughs> the finance secretary, said, I mean, this is almost unbelievable. He's the guy who theoretically holds the purse strings. He said that his priority is none of this, you know, dishing out money to people, getting the economy working. His priority is getting in place a corridor to our good old friend, the Greater Bay Area. Is that really his priority at the moment? A corridor into the GBA? I mean, my goodness, where is that man? I mean, I know these people live in a bubble. They don't actually live in Hong Kong. They've never met a poor person in their lives. Mm. But if, if the finance secretary really thinks that his prime job today is to open the doors so that there's more people can come in from the mainland and more Hong Kongers who can go on to the mainland at a time of a fast-spreading viral crisis, my goodness me, 
where have we got to? So this is it's not something. Pirate. This is not something that could have been lost in translation because that press conference was just about this and nothing else. Yes. A different budget. So could it have been lost in translation? I mean, you've made it very uh, clear what it seems well, he like. He has actually said it twice, so he, he's, he's either been misinterpreted twice or nice, I Steve. don't know what. Fair enough. I mean, the proof of the pudding is always in the eating. If he was intending to do more for people who've become impoverished by the virus, maybe we would have seen some evidence of that. We haven't, so. Draw your own conclusions. Time for one more. I'm looking through the news yeah. now and nothing's grabbing me. So what have you got? Well, I'm very interested. Well, I'm Ooh, very of interested. Of course, our, our mainland medics, maybe. Anyway. Well, here's the thing. Let's talk about this. I mean, marvellous thing. I don't, I, I don't think it's a bad thing that the people are coming from the mainland to help Hong Kong fight the virus. But, you know, they've brought in, as part of this fighting the virus... I mean, this is just extraordinary. This um, testing company, Zhonglong um, is called, mm -hmm. which, oh, that's right, it doesn't have any certification for medical testing. Right. It's an industrial it's testing company. company. Yeah. It, it, the, it doesn't have that. Mm -hmm. It's been blacklisted in the United States because it was found to have been um, responsible for taking gene samples of, of, of people in China. So it was blacklisted there. And of course, it's run by an extremely well politically connected um, personality from the mainland. This is playing with people's lives in Hong Kong. Politics first, testing second. Politics first, health second. But the amount of detective work that's been done, everybody knows this. People here aren't silly, as we keep saying. Well, it, th this, this is actually, I mean, this is our money being given to a, a organisation to conduct these tests that isn't qualified to do so. Mm -hmm. Then you have to look at what the quality of the tests will be once they come out of the other end of the machine. Maybe some will be all right. Maybe others won't be all right. The purpose of testing Let's go back to ABC of why these things are done. The purpose of testing yes. is to provide reassurance and to provide reliable data. Why would you go to a company other than because it has impeccable political connections that may or may not be able to produce those two absolutely basically required results? Mm. It's, I mean, it's just staggering that it seems that in everything in fighting the virus, we learn that politics always comes first. This is, you know, I, I, I'm sorry to sound like an old no. what's it. This ain't the Hong Kong that I used you to. You are know. an old, you're a complete what's it. I am an old Let's what's go to it. a couple of messages to wrap up because people have taken time to write to us. So uh, big up, yeah. Tommy, for CE, what about Jiang Yong Sing? He seems to be the most sensible of the lot that could possibly be under consideration, says that's Tommy. That's why he's not. Fair enough. Uh, Mike, I wonder what Steve's do of the writ of habeas corpus is for the guy on the motorbike. I'm not sure Steve is allowed to comment on that, are you? Well, I mean, all, all, all that can be said is, is that it does appear, and the courts have accepted this, that under the new national security law, it's impossible to, to obtain bail. That's what we know. So they, they, the, the, this doesn't comment on the merits of this particular case. But I mean, the... the it, it is interesting that, that the lawyers in this case, very distinguished, being led by Philip Dykes, have, have gone to a much higher court and said, you know, this seems to contradict the basic law. It'd be very interesting to see how that comes out, because you've got here 
the classic clash that everybody said would occur yeah. between a common law system, which is what Hong Kong has, and the system of law on the mainland, which isn't a common law system. They don't meet in the middle, do they? They don't, they don't do Hades Corpus. Right, here we are. Nigel, he <coughs> says, uh, well, Nigel's done a funny, but I'll leave that on Facebook. Good one, though, Nigel. Patrick says, is Steve wearing his mask when hiking in the country parks or running around so cool? That's even funnier, actually. <laughs> I mean, ain't that a thing? I mean, ain't that a thing? Um, you know, I'm sometimes up in a hill. There's nobody for miles, and I'm supposed to be wearing a mask while panting me up. Panting Ch- chasing me your dog. Big hill. Yeah. Uh, of course, um, because you have to wear them. I wouldn't say whether I do or I don't, but I will say it's bonkers. That's where we're going to stare at that, that is where we're going <laughs> to leave it, Steve. I really want to thank our listeners and viewers today for some brilliant comments. We'll be doing it again at the same time next week. Steve Vines, thank you very much. Have a good week. Bye-bye for now.